Yo. So after two episodes of this, I've listened to my voice for like two hours, three hours straight. And it makes you severely self-conscious about what you say, right? Like, you hear all the little verbal tics and sayings that you do. So, like, I say, that's a thing a lot. And then I say, it's great, sarcastically. And I also seem to interrupt you a lot, which I apologize for. Because this just makes it very clear what I do wrong in a conversation. Funny, you say two hours, it took me like a minute and 20 seconds <laughs> for myself. To realize what was wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what have you picked up? I mean, I'm sensitive to me, obviously, but... Well, just the voice itself. Mm. Uh, at least on the mic, you know, I mean... Uh, like, the voice you hear, like on an Anderson versus what you hear when you speak, mm-hmm. not always the same. What I hear, it's dandy, but what I hear on the answer chain, oh god, gross. It's a common thing for most people. Like, what you like the voice that you hear in your head, but you hate the voice that you hear on the machine. And part of that's because the voice in your head is actually, it's going through your skull, so it's a lot more deep and resonant, and it sounds better, as opposed to um, when you're speaking into a microphone, you don't hear that. You're hearing your voice unfiltered, through your skull. And so you you hear what the rest of the world hears about you and, and you're just like, I'm taking a vow of silence. No one wants to hear what the f*** I'm saying. It's really good for your it's, self-confidence. It's one of the reasons why I never got into the rap game. <laughs> also, I can't do off the dome, so just mm. forget it. Forget it. Well, when we eventually get Sherman on here... He can do it, but I... I know, he can. I can't do impressive. off the dome and I can't speak without stuttering, so hmm. why bother? Well, now that we've made ourselves feel bad about ourselves... Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, good. I came in touch with that when I was like five, oh. so... It's what it is. <laughs> you were sad about yourself long before this happened. <laughs> so. Anyways, let's yeah. go on. So... Let's go on a lighter note. Uh, lighter note? Trump, Trump, or whatever it was. Trump. We have follow-up for Trump? Still uh, an ass... That's my checked. Yeah, still an ass... Um... There was this thing, so Trump University, did you, did you know Trump he, University's a thing? Uh, Damn it, I said a thing. <laughs> no, just the fact that he has a university, which means, that's, that's just scary. What do they teach there? <laughs> They're not really a college, that's part of the problem. They're basically just a seminar of real estate hacks. And people have put forth a lawsuit against Trump University and Donald Trump himself, and, you know, there's a legitimate problem that they call themselves a university. They're not a university. You can't just call yourself a university unless you're accredited, and there's a whole... Sure you can. Best words. (laughs) Yes. You know, money. You can buy money. You can buy words with the right kind of money. Well, he has enough money, but... Yeah. So, it's a university because, yeah, Mm. Trump. So... Anyway, Trump, as a result of all this, called the judge who's adjudicating his case basically a filthy Mexican. And the judge himself is actually from Indiana. (laughs) So, like, he's, you know, from America, like, as 
banal America as you can get. Like, unless you're from Ohio, which is even more banal America. And, but, you know, he's just going straight to, you know, again, what I said, not last week, however long ago it was, of him just being the guy who drags up all this nasty crap, right? And, you know, that's what he does. He just, he'll go for the lowest hanging fruit, lowest common denominator, and just pull. Because it sells. Yeah. It sells. That's why. It's cheap heat. Yeah. And, but, to his credit, it works. he's, no, no, well, that, that too. It works. It, it works very well. To his other credit, he's been fairly supportive of the LGBT community. In light of what happened. Because it's currently profitable. No, he's always been relatively gay-friendly because he's not particularly, you know, actually conservative. He's just sort of a douche. (laughs) On that note, you ready for this? Okay. All right. Cheers. For those of you who don't know, we're always a little bit drunk, hungover. Not hungover, but like we're always drinking a little bit when we do these. But given the nature of the topic, which is Orlando, it seems like we should acknowledge that we're going to be drinking because it's terribly depressing otherwise. Eh. <laughs> no, no, it's not really depressing? I mean, not in the grand scheme of things, not so much, which I guess is a thing I say a lot now, too, now I'm thinking about it. Grand scheme <laughs> yeah, of things. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but no, I mean, how about Orlando? Okay, so... If I'm gonna trivialize it, really, yeah, it sucks. But I mean, there's been how many shootings now in the past, like let's say two years. Let's say two years. How many shootings have there been? Even just like big name shootings. I mean, like where more than five people were killed. Oh, that's gonna be a ton. Yeah. Like the tragic truth of this is that I don't even count those anymore. You know, I don't count ones that are like above five people. I count it only after like 10, maybe 15. But you get what I'm saying though. It's one of those, you know, people are still dying, but it's one of those, we're having to put limits on it now because it's happening too often and with so many people dying at a time. Mm -hmm. And then, what I also think is kind of goofy though is how, I mean, we talk about how it's so tragic when these things happen here in the States, yet when these things happen in Africa or Asia. Chirp, chirp. Silence. And I mean, yeah. Well, part of that is it's in our backyard, right? We're going to talk about it because it happened here. But where's the outrage there? Yeah, well, the out... It's still human life. Yeah. But there's an expectation, right? There's an expectation in American society, whether rightly or wrongly. Wrongly. And, yeah, wrongly. But... In Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, in parts of Asia, in the Middle East, that those things happen. It's, I'm not saying it's a correct assumption, but that's why people don't freak out, you know? Like, people don't freak out about Boko Haram, even though they're arguably as bad as ISIS, because they just stick to Africa. Whereas ISIS is going all over the place. Like, we, we remember the Paris shooting, right? Like, because it was an ally. Yeah, well, it's an ally. They're also white. 
they share a lot of similar. There's also cu- Christian folk there. They're, they're as Christian well. folk. They're, they share a lot of cultural ties. They're also a democracy. It's profitable to. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, shine that light on them. And let's not diminish how much Paris is in the public consciousness, you know? It's the city of lights, it's the city of love. Also a bit of a tourist attraction. Where the American limes are there as well. Well, that's that's my point. Like, people go there. Like, this is one of the places where rich white America goes on vacation. And so as a result, like, it, and and again, tragic, awful. So June 12th, 2016, for the sake of the records, was when this guy who I'll, I'll avoid saying his name for now, but a guy of Middle Eastern descent came into a gay nightclub, shot up the place with an AR-15, which, if that sounds familiar, it's the same sort of gun that's been used in a lot of mass shootings lately, and a pistol. And he killed, at last count, something like 50 people, 51. About that. And injured 53 more. Out of about 300 people who were in the club at the time. My club was called Pulse, for whatever that's worth. And he died in the process, and... Shoot out with police. Shoot out with police. There's a lot to unpack there. There's gun control, obviously. There's Islam and homophobia, which, honestly, I could say religion and homophobia, and it'd be the same thing. There's the media's reaction to it. There's mental illness. There's just a ton of stuff packed into this, and we're going to cover it all and do it all poorly. (laughs) We have degrees. Totally, yeah. totally we have degrees. I mean, all, this stuff. each of this, each of these individual topics are enough for a single podcast or multiple podcasts. Yeah. And we're just going to butcher each topic and go straight through Let's go for it. and just get into it. So I guess we'll go with the one that everyone's talking about first, which is gun control. All right. The shooter used an AR-15... Rifle. There's a lot of stuff online talking about how it's not an assault rifle because assault rifles are banned. It's the name of the like brand itself. The AR AR, AR stands for Armalite Rifle. Yeah. It doesn't stand for assault rifle. And assault rifles are typically automatic rifles, not semi-automatic rifles necessarily. To me, this is splitting hairs, but legally speaking, you have to split hairs. But if you are capable of shooting well with this thing, you can just decimate an entire room full of people. It's not hard. Like, you can just do the spray and pray method that you find in, like, video games. It's Guns make it really easy to hurt people. That's what they've always been able to do. Back in the day when you had, you know, knives or swords or whatever, there was a very real possibility that you were going to get hurt, too, because... It's a lot more intimate. It's much more intimate. Yeah. You're right. And you're within arm reach. You're within arm reach. So, yeah. Yeah. But shooting, it becomes impersonal. I could shoot you from across the room and get no blood on me. I could shoot you from reasonably far away. I am not one of those people who thinks we should get rid of all guns. I know people who are. I know people who basically say, you shouldn't have a gun, period. And I don't believe that. I think that you have the right to protect yourself. I'm not sure the circumstances, however, where you need a AR-15, unless we're assuming a zombie apocalypse happens. Like, you're not using this for hunting. Okay, I think, first of all, that line of having the right to protect yourself, it's gun 
way too profitable, I feel. It's become mm. such a monetized term now, I feel. I feel like it's become a Burr's phrase, which doesn't mean as it should be anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like how sort of like how the word religion has all these different connotations. Mm-hmm. So, do, so do I feel about the word, or it's the words, protect your, the right to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, I'm going to lead up saying, I think it's full of. Mm. Now, okay, as far as the connotation itself, I mean, in theory, yeah, that's fine. Typically, you hear it a lot more when there's a mass shooting happening, people saying, we need to do gun control. Then you immediately hear, we need to protect ourselves. And then it's one of those, okay, for those who are pro-guns, which is fine. I'm more of a swordman myself, honestly, but whatever. <laughs> Instead of just bickering back and forth, let's at least try to find a compromise or put some solutions out there, you know. Don't just say, my guns! Let's just be like, okay, well, let's try to strategize and think up something to, you know, fix this. This keeps happening. How about we all just, instead of just take, picking a side, just come together and just figure out, okay, this keeps happening. What should we do to stop having this be a thing? Because it's getting out of hand here. And then what's up, Samuel L. Jackson? We're getting these tiny, these motherfucking uh, mass shootings. <laughs> On this motherfucking country? Yes. Hmm. Otherwise, uh, stop your bitching whenever we, you know, lose anybody in any war, then. I almost view it as a sad inevitability. I, I really want to have a bit where we say, Mike and lies, damned lies, and statistics. Because that seems to be a thing that I reference a lot as numbers. Okay. So, there's about 300 million people in America. Okay. Let's do the 99% thing. So 99.99% of people are fine. The vast majority of the population is never going to do this. It's never going to decide that I need to shoot up a nightclub, shoot up a school, shoot up a black church, shoot up anything, right? That still leaves about 30,000 people who could potentially do that. Yep. Now, of those people, say it's again a 99 percentile. Okay. Right? So, you do 99% of 30,000, and you get 300. So, this is a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. You can base uh, Persia with that. Yeah. Like, this is a, frankly, fairly optimistic viewpoint, but that would be 300 people over 50 states. At any time in the year, that could just go off. And it's obscenely easy to do this. I don't need a lot of planning. I don't need a lot of know-how. I just, it's Friday night, there's a gay nightclub. I don't like gays. And I wanna die a glorious death. Open carry. Open carry. Like, it's super easy to do. Now, you'll get the people who like guns who will say, well, clearly, there's recoil, he has to control the gun. Yes, I agree, but you know what guns are really good at? Shooting. They are made to shoot. Literally. Like, they are supposed to make it easy for you to shoot. So, one of the possible remedies has been to, basically, if you're on the no-fly list, you also shouldn't be able to buy assault weapons, or buy weapons at all. Not assault weapons, but 
guns, period. Which makes sense to me, right? That's fair. Like, if, if we don't trust you on a plane, why do we trust you with a gun? Trust America. I know. You have to protect yourself. But the, NRA, the money, all they desire. Yeah. So this guy bought a gun. He was on the terrorist watch list, but there was technically nothing that, like, came up as a blip on his background check. So, like, people are, like, trying to blame the guy who sold him the gun. We actually looked up what Omar Mateen had to do for a background check, and this is what we found. When Omar Mateen walked into the gun store to buy weapons he used for the Orlando Massacre, he had already undergone a more rigorous background check than the typical firearms customer. As the holder of a Class D security officer license from the state of Florida, he had submitted fingerprints and a photograph, past criminal background and mental health screenings, and submitted proof of 40 hours of professional training. As a holder of a Class G gun permit, which allowed him to carry up to two concealed weapons, he underwent the same checks, as well as 28 hours of classroom and range training. He purchased two guns in two trips to the St. Lucie Shooting Center, a large store in Port St. Lucie, that offers a wide, wide range of firearms, including the controversial military-style high-capacity rifles. So this was actually definitely a process in the making. Then. This yeah, he planned it out. So this guy also, by the way, was interviewed by the FBI in 2013 and 2014. Like, he's been on this list of, like, they keep an eye on him. And his ex-wife has basically said that he's mentally ill. And I'm not sure that she's said that before, but in wake of this, she's like, yeah, you know. But that's what they always say, right? Like, you know, yeah. after the fact, it's always the quiet ones, right? Yeah. So, can we have a agreement for a second here? Depends. If you feel the urge and go through with it to kill, like, 10, 20, 30 people at once, you're nuts, right? You are mentally ill. Mm, I wouldn't say mentally ill. Really? No. What would you argue? Hey. No, all eggs are good. So we're just bad eggs, man. It's the nature. Don't try to find an excuse for them. It is what it is. You have some people who are just messed, you know, just not good people. So are you basically declaring that some people are just evil? Yeah. My argument is that if you feel the urge to not only, you know, like, you can think stuff, right? Like, there's no such thing as a thought crime yet, but, like, you can be like, oh, I just want to punch that guy in the face so hard he, like, his head flies off. You know, you think about it. But thinking about things versus actually doing them are two different things. Like, there is... There's a divergence between thoughts about crime and then actually committing a crime. I agree. To me, if you are capable, if you actually go through with a crime like this, there's something fundamentally wrong with you. And I think you and I will agree with that. But you go straight to they're evil. Well... I'm not saying they're demons or anything like that, you know. I'm not saying they're evil personified, but I mean, I'm saying that alignment scale on the uh, <laughs> D&D alignment scale, they ain't neutral, and they ain't good. I like how you're the one who drags out the D&D stuff and not me. Yeah. <laughs> so. But does that make sense? To me, he was clearly mentally deranged in some way. 
Okay. And I'm not like I am not the guy who thinks that all mentally ill people are bad. Most mentally ill people, if they're a danger to anyone, they're only a danger to themselves. So there's a. I'm not sure if it's a rumor or if it's just an unsubstantiated fact or what that the Orlando shooter himself was gay. Like he was apparently on some uh, gay Tinder thing. I think it's called Grinder. It's either that or research. That's Funny true. Out. Well, that's true. It could go either way, right? It could be either he was researching this and trying to figure out where the best spot was, or he himself was gay. Was gay. Tried to hit on some dude. Or, but he's married, so I'm not sure. Uh, yes, because I've never heard of a gay man with a wife before. Got rejected, and then it was like, well, if I can't have happiness, then none of y'all can have happiness. Well... That could be a thing. I don't know. This is unsubstantiated, but let's picture it like this. All right. You are a devout Muslim man. <laughs> you also have feelings for other men. That's so... This brain-o. is a That's bad... That's so like, these two <laughs> feelings contradict each other. Yeah. It's really hard for you to deal with that, right? So you try your hand at finding love that way, but ultimately your culture, your religion, all that is telling you you're wrong. You're sinful. You're lustful. You're trying your best like, to basically go to hell by following your heart, following what your body and your mind is telling you to do. So, understanding this, what's the logical thing for you to do from this perspective? You have to redeem yourself somehow in the eyes of some people. So, how better to do that than to basically go out in a blaze of glory and kill off all the people who are also sinners who've been the source of your temptation. The motive makes sense to me. It could also just be, you know, he gets pit, got pissed when he saw two men kissing because, again, that goes against everything he's taught from a young age. Now, it's important to remember, this guy is an American citizen. Yes, his family comes from Afghanistan, but he himself is an American citizen. He was born in America, raised in America. We live in Columbus, Ohio, and if you go south on the main road in Columbus, Ohio, you see these giant signs that say, repent, hell is real. Just on the side of the road, every time you go down 71, you see them. And if you come up 71, on the other side, they say the Ten Commandments. Yep. And most Christians are a lot like most Muslims. They're... They pay lip service to it. It's a cultural thing, especially in America. It's not, like, it's important, but it's not something that typically you want to kill over. But the further you go away from that, the more extreme you get. Like, if you read the Bible, you can find all sorts of things that say, you know, don't suffer something to live, like a witch or, like... You know, don't cut your beard or, you know, there's all sorts of minutia in there that if you wanted to, you can hate gays, you can hate women, you can hate black people. Like, there's plenty in there that's been used to justify all sorts of bad shenanigans in the past. 
But so every major religion, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Sikhism, all four of those directly say that homosexuality is bad in some way, shape, or form. Right? And then you get to other ones. Like Hinduism itself doesn't reference it specifically. But Hindu culture, Indian culture, tends to view being gay negatively. Buddhism kind of lumps it in with the feelings of lust and desire. So it's bad that way. A lot of Confucianism and other things like that will also say it's not great. So basically every single world religion or world culture has been against the gays with the exception of pagans. Pagans, or some of them anyway, are all right with homosexuals, which is an interesting thing. Pagans on the negative side of everything, you know? Yeah. Almost every single culture, to one degree or another, just, you know, it's this is the best time to be gay, you know? Right now. Like, this has never, it's never been sunshine and rainbows to be gay. Huh. I know. I make at least one dad joke of each one of these I've found. But it's, it's never been a good thing to be gay in most cultures. That it usually ends poorly for you. Or it's suffering or just nastiness. Why, just keeping as yeah. much as, on the download yeah. as you can. Like trying to find what little happiness you can and, you know, keeping one eye peeled to make sure that no one knows. And it's it's been like that forever, almost over every single culture for the past 2,000 years. And America, to its credit, again, like it's not perfect, but it's way better than it used to be. So we get people from different cultures, and again, the dude was American. He was an American citizen. But he didn't necessarily subscribe to this American value. I say which one. Well, yeah. That's true. Which American value. Because in a sense, yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. That's true. God hates fags. Yeah. But, anyway. So, do you think we'd be freaking out more if this were against some other group? Depends. Or less, I suppose. Depends on the PR agent of the targeted group. Hmm. Like, I know if this were kids, we'd be, like, way more pissed off. We'd be all freaked out. Just way more freaked out if it were some other people. What I'm wondering about more... Because these were also mostly Latinos, too. What? What? It was mostly Latino gays. It was like Latino... Oh, I was actually kind of going to say that, actually. I was uh. wondering if there'd be an outrage if it was like a white dude mowing down like Mexicans or Muslims. Hmm. It's all just depressing, you know? Like, uh, it doesn't directly affect me. To me, it's all business as usual, honestly. Yeah, I mean, this is... That's... I'm, I'm tempted to say that's the thing, and I know that's a... Callous thing to say, but... Callous thing to say, but it's... The reality yeah. of it. There have been so many of these mass shootings. So, one of the things I like to do is about the 20 teens, which is what we're in, okay. is try to do a future, like, history text of it. So, okay. for the 2000s, if you condensed it into a history book about 50 years from now, what's it going to be about? It's going to be about terrorism. 
in the U.S. It's going to be about us freaking out about terrorism and eliminating a lot of our civil rights to protect ourselves. So I'm kind of curious, though. Um, maybe you might know more than I do, but um, I don't remember hearing about as many shootings as there was during the Bush administration or the Clinton administration than here in the Obama administration. Again, I was younger and younger to go back and all that, but I mean, I feel it, like... It started in Clinton. You started with the Columbine shootings. Right. We had a lot of school shootings during the Clinton years and some more during the Bush years. But I, I think I agree. It's gotten worse under Obama. And I'm, I'm not saying that's his fault. Yeah, I mean... You know, but I think it's kind of... Thanks, Obama. Um, but it's got really out of hand, though. No, I, well, this is another issue to me is... Again, 30 million people. The chances are something's going to happen somewhere. Like, when you get to that obscene high amount of people, like, the odds of something happening trend towards one. Like, it trends towards happening. Like, if you go over the entirety of the whole country... <laughs> This is kind of dark, but you think maybe that's just nature trying to help cull the population then? In my more depressing thoughts, yeah. kinda. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, it makes me wonder if this is the logical conclusion of city living. It makes me wonder if it's the logical conclusion of trying to make a multi-ethnically diverse uh, population. Like, I don't know if that's like I don't want to be right with that I don't but part of me really wonders if this is the logical conclusion of having a multi-ethnic democracy like you get this almost never happens any other place and yes guns are a problem with this guns make this super easy but a lot of other countries like don't have this nearly as much like the amount of gun deaths in the U.S. is high compared to you know, well, the well, countries that we like to associate well, ourselves with. Well, the thing with. is, though, we have a lot of high statistics that aren't flattering compared to our allies. Yeah. yeah we have a lot of unflattering high statistics. Like, you, you know what? Where, where we're close with gun deaths? The majority of Central and South America. So that puts us more or less with the rest of the Americas, right? <laughs> Hey, our brethren, how y'all doing? I really wonder, as like, as we get closer to having a more multicultural society, is this just the logical conclusion of it? Is this what we like? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Because like, we we accept to some degree that the inherent risk of day-to-day life so like you are far more likely to get killed by a car than by a gun than by whatever and that's you know no one ever like freaks out when someone's killed by a car it's just an assumed thing you know and you're also you know more or less in control of the car so you feel like you have some measure of control and so it's like oh i i won't crash the car my question, I suppose, is, is this going to become just one of those things that we take as just for granted? 
Like this is one of the hazards of living in the United States of someone might go off. Because again, like even if you take away the AR-15 and take away guns, this is like taking away a knife from a suicidal person. Yeah, that like in like takes away their main ability to hurt. But they can figure something else out. Do you remember the Boston bombing a few like a year or two ago? Like it wasn't that long ago at this point. I feel like it was more than a year ago though. I two years like ago? I feel I like know. that was actually maybe like two thousand twelve or thirteen. Okay. The one that happened uh when the same time as that race? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that was like more like two thousand twelve ish. Like I feel like it's actually been a while since then. <laughs> Just gonna make me feel really old. And wasn't that like a Muslim dude in the middle of that, I think? 2013, so three years ago. Yeah. But even so, yeah, there were uh, two Muslim guys that touched that. But my point is, they used rice cookers and ball bearings. And they, had, they killed a bunch of people. They injured a bunch of people. Like, if you're so inclined to do this, you don't need guns. Like, it's, it's super easy to hurt people. Ignorance can lead to fear. Can we agree to that? Yeah, sure. Star Wars and all that. Well, no, I mean, just straight up, this is how it is. I mean, if you're ignorant about something, then you don't understand a thing. Yeah. And with a lack of understanding can come, like, uncertainty. You fear and, things you don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, America's a melting pot, as we all, as we all know. Yeah. And let's admit America we're not really good at educating ourselves about different cultures per se it's all about me 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 mm. like not I know Paul personally but I mean you know the person the individuals themselves and so as such there's a lot of ignorance of other cultures mix that in with a lot of devoutism which is spread throughout the states and it's not just Muslims Christians are pretty devout themselves although admittedly we've Calm down since our heyday, you know, <laughs> since our witch, quote-unquote, witch-burning days or our crusades in the Middle East days and all that stuff. But, I mean, still some uh, extremist points, you know, spread throughout the states. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I mean, you can't say you're really surprised by it, really. No. I mean, at this point, I'm not surprised. Whenever I hear a shooting happen, I'm like, oh, of course. And that is that sad? One wants to say it is, but where I'm at now, it's just business as usual. Mm. That's a good depressing end. <laughs> mm-hmm.